Podcast. It's the post-match after Connacht almost pulled off the victory against Glasgow in Glasgow. Um, would have been their first time winning in Scotsdon ever. But a hell of a performance for Connacht. They only went down by two points and they have guaranteed seventh place thanks to Munster's brilliant comeback from 22 points to three down against the Sharks today. Um, so it's a trip to Belfast, William. The should have... A whole load of Connacht fans up there, hopefully, even if it is King Charles's coronation weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really down to what Munster did today. It solved that for Connacht. You know, if Munster hadn't got that 19-point uh, comeback, uh, we'd have been in eighth. Yes, but I wonder if not, if we'd if we'd got within two points and had a penalty just inside it. The like the last play of the game was Connacht getting a penalty, which might have been kickable if it was absolutely needed. Tom Daly's got a big boot. Yeah, would have been big pressure for Tom Daly if he'd pulled that one off. Um, but look, they've said it, they've they've got what they set out to achieve. Um, probably overall finished one win behind where you need to be to be absolutely competitive in this. But they've worked so hard over the last number of weeks, and I would personally have picked Ulster as the best venue to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't fancy if. Coming back to Glasgow, I think Munster and Glasgow will be a hell of a game here. Um, the Stormers are not completely on it at the moment, but going down there for a quarter final, and obviously Leinster, nobody wants to play Leinster at the quarter final stage no. or the semi final stage. You want to play them in the final. Mm. I think Ulster are beatable. I think they've played very well this season, but when they go into big knockout games, they can get particularly. Uh, flaky. They were poor against Leinster in that European game. They will be under enormous pressure in that in that game. Their their fan base will expect them to win, and it's an opportunity for Connacht to go and take the momentum that they have. And they owe Ulster one as well. Ulster have had a couple of very good victories in Galway in the last number of years, but they they haven't Connacht haven't turned up for some of these Ulster games well they have to turn up on May the 6th or 7th that's when we that's the designated day Saturday mm. Sunday uh, Ulster love playing on a Friday night but television companies apparently the contract is in place for the Saturday and the Sunday there is a little rumour around that they will try to play all four games one after the other on the Saturday with the two early games being the uh, games in South Africa but we'll see Right, yes, and they do owe Ulster one from Andy Friend's first season when Connacht got to a quarter-final and only for an unbelievable piece of play by Charles Piatau who then fed Stockdale who scored a try from the halfway line that was the difference in the in the winning at that time but Connacht are a lot more mentally tough certainly after tonight's display um, to go and get a result up in Belfast now. Well, I think it's preferable than going down to South Africa on this occasion. Yes. I mean, I actually think they've actually got the better part of the draw, to be honest, to go to to go to Belfast. And one another very good reason is the fact that there would be very few supporters going down to South Africa. So it would be a really away match. Going up to Belfast, not quite so. Not You know, it, it, it's with an island. There's going to be cars and buses going up to, to, to Belfast with Connacht supporters, you know. And that's going to be, it's going to really even the stakes out, I think, in that regard. I think, you know, we know that Ulster are beatable. Mm-hmm. 
Um, South Africa is a little bit more dodgy away from home. Mm -hmm. So we know where we're going. We know who we're playing against. I mean, very familiar foes, both the sides. And I think Connacht have every opportunity. I think Connacht are actually playing probably better rugby than what Ulster have been playing this season. So I actually think it's a great opportunity to take that extra step. It is. And when you look at the fact that, you know, everyone, the big headlines yesterday where Connacht are in big trouble they've lost Bundyaki, they've lost Mac Hansen what are they going to do how are they going to get a result in this game and at the end of it they had a chance to win it like that's that's the mental strength that's something that's been missing for the last couple of seasons I think the other thing is the fact that the players that came on just slotted in there mm. so you know we haven't had seen a lot of Bundyaki for the season any throughout the season anyway mm. so yes he always is a presence when he does when he does play um so w- it's not like we actually need although we'd prefer to have those players so I think the, f- the fact that a lot of these players like even like when you think of Cahill Ford mm. you know a young player huge potential getting that experience again today you know is it can slot can slot in there you know you've when you look at, say, Brian, Byron Ralston, who hasn't seen a lot of rugby either at the moment, but, you know, he didn't put a foot out of place either. So I think I think the team that went out there today was actually quite interesting in that respect mm, because mm. there was a, there were a lot of players there who... And then look at Turner and O'Holloran. Oh, God, let me just say that about <laughs> Turner and O'Holloran and, and that wonderful, wonderful, you know, tackle that he made. I mean, absolutely phenomenal, you know. Course, and yeah. he really stuck. He really put his head down and, and was so determined. And I think that shows, you know, a really great spirit mm-hmm. within, the, within the team. Oh, it certainly does, William. And, and then you look at the, the fact that the lads who came off the bench, you look at and, and Andy said it, and he actually sounded quite disappointing to point it. Actually, before I come back to you, here is how Andy sounded straight after the match when he spoke to Rob Murphy. Andy Friend were saying in the commentary there that it doesn't feel like a momentum stopper, even though it's a, a winning streak stopper. First defeat now in seven in this competition, but a 29-27 loss and a real battling display. Yeah, it, it has it has broken that uh, that un, un um, uh, or that winning streak that we've had, Rob. But um, I thought you know we were so close. Uh, I thought there was a lot of courage shown out there tonight, a lot of character shown out there tonight. Um, uh, and there's you know there's a frustrated dressing room in there, which is a good thing. Um, so again, we know we've come close to to coming over here and, and knocking off Glasgow, which is a tough ask to do. Uh, but it didn't fall our way. But our know, spirits will still be up, mate, and um, we now look forward to Ulster on a, in a quarterfinal. Uh, first half was probably where Connick showed their best rugby, really. Um, maybe should have went in at halftime since you had the extra man ahead. Obviously, conceding that try during the Sinbin period could have been a key turning point. Yeah, I thought yeah that probably was a, a, a key turning point. Also, I just thought that defence at half time was actually outstanding too, because I thought we were, we were possibly going to go um, behind another score there. But um, yeah, to come in at, at, at half time, two points in the game, nineteen seventeen. I, I thought that was probably a fair reflection of the game, especially when you you go back to you know they scored in the first minute. Um, so mm. we've been here four years ago or five years ago when they did the exact same thing and they went on to putting forty or fifty points on us. So I, I thought at half time, probably a fair reflection. Good arm wrestle in the second half there. They got away. We pegged them back. They got away. We pegged them back. And as you saw there in the last couple of minutes, we still had our chances to possibly win the game. So, um, yeah, listen, at the end, it's a frustrating one that you don't win those tight ones. But at the same time, you've got to be very 
very pleased and proud of the performance that was that was put out there. Uh, from a squad depth point of view, obviously, you know, Elo made a good impact. So did Hurley Langton. Uh, even Shane Jennings was making a little bit of a, a flash there at the end too. So overall, that's obviously given you a lot of encouragement, uh, you know, with players to come back to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got, uh, you know, you, you don't like going into your big games when you lose some senior internationals. And we did that coming into this one with, we lost Mac and we lost Bundy. We lost Jack Ainger too, um, but the other fellows that came in, they stepped up, and that's what you you want them to do. You want them to come in and step up. So, I've I've said it throughout the course of the year. I, I'm really happy with the squad depth that we've got. We've got we've got good players to come in, and and uh, you know you saw there tonight. I thought Carl Ford came in and did very well. Great to have Johnny Porch back, but you're right, Jeno came on, did well. Byron Ralston, first game in eight weeks, and uh, he didn't look out of place. So. Um, yeah, really pleased with with uh, with the fellows that came through. I think fans will be concerned by like those four or five players that went off at Knox. Is there anything that you're particularly concerned about in any of those players that went off? Not really. We had a an HIA independent doctor call on Ken Prendergast. He was fine, to be honest. So that was a bizarre one. We had um, uh, Finley Bealham. He's an HIA, but he'll be fine too. He's he, he's he's absolutely fine. Probably. Um, we had Dennis with a with a lower limb injury, and we had um, uh, Dylan Tierney Martin with a lower limb injury. The other boys were sort of more precautionary ones. So I, I think we've come out of it pretty clean. Uh, we've got two weeks now before that Ulster game. So as we know, we've got a great medical team, and they'll get the boys up and running. Munster did connect a favour, really seven spot. It, it gives you a great shot at Champions Cup, obviously depending on results in the Challenge Cup. But I mean, that's a dream scenario for if you go back to January. Um, you must be so happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Come January, we weren't, we weren't looking too pretty, were we? But um, but but at the same time, you know, I think within the squad, we always had confidence and belief that we could get there. And and I think there's been a lot of hard work going by everybody, players and and coaches and and staff. To get us to where we are, the message in the change room just there is right. Oh, we're in, we're in knockout rugby now, and you win three games, you hold a cup up high. So um, we know we've got a task to do in two weeks' time up at up at Kingspan. Um, we always have great competition against Ulster, so we're looking forward to that. Two games this year against Ulster that really were probably the lower points of the season for Connacht, a home loss, and obviously a very poor display at the start of the season by your own admission. So. There's a little bit of kind of, you know, unfinished business for yourselves, nothing to do with Ulster, obviously, in terms of getting the performance out. This is an enormous moment for these lads. They can go up there, they can play well like they did the last time, but I'm sure they want to do more than they did the last time. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're we're a very different rugby team to what we were at the start of the season. And, and even at Christmas time, we played them on on New Year's Eve, and, uh, sorry, Christmas Eve, and, and we're a very different team to that now. So um, I'm really happy with the way our game's coming on. Uh, you know, we, there were some moments there again tonight, some of the best defence I've seen from us, some, some really sharp attack again. I love the way we're, we're um, our set piece continues to give us good ball. So, yeah, I'm happy with where we're at, but we're going to have to make sure we we put put all that together because, as you saw again last night, they're a good rugby side and a very, very hard team to knock off uh, up at the Kingspan. OK, William, yes. Well, Andy does sound a little bit, a little bit disappointed that they didn't get the win in the end. Yeah, I think they would have liked to get the win there to get that sort of monkey off their back in, in Glasgow. That's the best Connacht have played there uh, th- that I've seen uh, against fairly decent Glasgow side. And they, they stuck at it. They did all the right things. They stayed in the game. Um, maybe they'd be a little annoyed with some of the penalties they gave away. But 
it's moment. I don't think the momentum has been broken by that. I mean, no. if, if you'd lost forty points to eighteen, then the momentum has hit a brick wall. Yeah. Uh, but they got it. They got within two points, and um, you know Glasgow have a very good home record. Uh, they're very proud of that home record, and they might have been holding something back for next week. They got a massive semi final. I mean, no Gla- no Scottish team has made a European mm. final, mm. so they'd love to be the first. Uh, it'll be in Dublin, of course. It'll be in the Challenge Cup. So um, they seem. And of course, we're shouting for them next week because we want them to beat Scarlets. We want them to beat Scarlets, and we want Toulon to beat Benetton, and then uh, that absolutely guarantees that seventh place. No, it doesn't, because the Celsius Sharks could still pass us out if we don't win the, the thing. So it's still absolutely not guaranteed it's until the Sharks are out. The Sharks are going to get eaten alive in Dublin unless they improve their game dramatically. Uh, losing a 19-point lead at home is shambolic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I've written them off. They are not winning the URC. And I don't actually think... I feel a bit sorry for Benetton, actually. I couldn't care about the Scarlets, but I feel a bit sorry for Benetton. They've worked so hard, and they've really got a sticky prize to go to Toulon for a mm-hmm. semi-final. It's a tough, tough place to go. I hope they go and give a great account there, but I I just don't think they'll have enough. Uh, but you never know. French teams can be a bit odd. Yeah. Um, and Glasgow, I think, that's a slightly harder one to call, but I, I think Glasgow will have enough against the Scarlets next week. But you never know if Scarlets can get a crowd to turn up, yeah. which I hope they do on Saturday night, uh, and they get moving. Um, well, they rested a lot of players today, and Glasgow had a... <laughs> there was a great flow of players off the field for Glasgow today, but the one player who came on the field who made such a difference to them was Xander Ferguson, because up to the point he came on the field, Connacht were dominating the scrum and were well in the game. He comes on the field. I think they were leading at the time. He comes on the field, gets a scrum penalty... Dennis Buckley has to go off injured at halftime and he still is dominant over Peter Dooley in the scrum. Um, and it changed the whole game. Yeah, I don't think they'll have that problem against Ulster. Ulster are short a few props uh, as long as we get the likes of Finlay. And I'd still like to see Dennis back starting. I think he brings an intelligence to that role. So if the if the injuries don't come up against us, I think they can go up to Belfast and get really stuck in the scrum. I think it will be important in that game who referees it. OK, so, Lenny, your thoughts on, on who was it that, that sort of surprised you tonight? Because for me, it was Harley Langton. He came on and made a huge impression, second week in a row. Yeah, I would have to agree with you with that, actually. I thought he was actually quite, quite outstanding. I mean, you know, and I, I suppose, you know, if you think about it, he hasn't had a lot of game time. No. Um, but he's come in, when he has come in, and I suppose that's what it's taken, it's taken all those little opportunities had to kind of familiarise himself, get comfortable, and start to show, you know, what he's, what he's you know, able to do. And, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think he had a very good game. I, I mean, I thought Brian Ralston was, was you know, very steady and, and you know, didn't put a... You know, a foot out of place. Um, if you look at the, the, well, obviously, I think this, I think the back row stood up pretty well actually tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I wouldn't say there was anybody who I would say you know had a shocking had a shocking game. Or I wouldn't normally say that anyway, <laughs> actually. <laughs> but uh, well, I would. But yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, I'd be hesitant about pointing fingers. At, I'm hesitant about pointing fingers at people, to be perfectly honest, because mm. I think it's huge team effort. But at the same time. Um, I think I think it was I think it was a good team it was a good team effort and I think obviously the front row is 
you know, against a heavy pack is going to struggle a little bit. That's obviously something, you know, that what that has to be sorted and has to be, you know, looked at, I suppose, you know, going forward. But at the same time, I think that there was just, a, I suppose, a, a doggedness. Yeah, that was exactly the word I was going to use. I was just going to say that to William. The doggedness that you had from Josh Murphy, from Oshin Dowling, from Connor Oliver, they really got stuck in and were hitting really, really hard. Like, I know you might have said Glasgow looked like they were holding things back, but I only thought they started holding things back when they realised how tough the Connacht tackling was going to be. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, but I thought the back row was very, very impressive, and I think they did. They, they, they performed the way you have to perform if you want to get results at this level, and they'll have to be better again in Ulster. But they have a nice run into that game now. They're not playing as, as do Ulster. As do Ulster, um, and it's a very important game for them. But I just feel you can get at them. Yeah. Um, if you don't get at them, they will beat you, and they can beat you up as well. But they, they, the pre- you cannot believe the pressure that they're going to be under. They really are. Being second in the table is no use mm. if they get knocked out at the quarterfinal stage. And especially by Connacht. Yeah, because Connacht are still regarded as this Cinderella province that sort of have suddenly turned up somewhere, which is quite odd, but we're, we're so used to that. Uh, yeah, because if you look at it, it look, look at the difference between the club now and when Andy took it over. Apart from the fact that COVID was stuck in the middle of it, but look at the quality of players that are coming through. Look at the quality of players we're able to sign. Look at the quality of coaches that are now coming through. Um, like, you know, no disrespect to... Pete Wilkins, but nobody knew who Pete Wilkins was when he signed up the year before Andy arrived. Yet everybody knows who Scott Vardy is, and they certainly know who John Muldoon is. Yeah, that that's that's an encouraging sign. Um, they still have to to get down to work and and, and get their stuff done. But um, and of course the players look at Cordero. We're signing a world class player. You know, uh, Argentinian current Argentinian international. He's only twenty nine years of age. So the club's in a hugely different spot to where it was. Yeah, I think it is. Um, but they do maybe need to make that next step now. Yes. Um, you know, it did stall after that, that quarterfinal defeat in Belfast a bit. Then COVID came and it's taken a while to get back. But I think they now have reasonable cover at nearly every position. Mm-hmm. Maybe out half is still a bit of an issue. Uh, it's very reliant on Jack, Jack Carty, who had an OK game tonight. Um, yeah, because last week... Tom Tom Daly came on and the stat showed that he hadn't caught the ball once. Um, and I went back and looked at it and actually went back through the last 15 minutes. It said, well, first of all, the stat said he had 20 minutes in the game. He didn't, he only had 10. Um, but he did only catch the ball once while he stood in a 10 last week. We can't really have a situation where we only really have one 10. Yeah, it's it's very difficult, but they're essentially the quality ones are outside of Connacht's price range. They're very, very expensive players because there aren't a lot of them around mm. who are good enough. So that's something that they're going to have to work through. But that's all for next year. I mean, it's it's get your side out for May the 6th or 7th in Belfast. Go up. I think they'll go with a very positive attitude. I don't think that's going to be an issue for them. But they need, to, for example, you do not give away a try after 48 seconds like they did tonight to Ulster. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is what Edinburgh did last night, is choke the life out of them, go 7-0 up. And when you get the chance to go 12-14-0 to 14 nil up, don't faff around, just get it done. Um, because yeah, and, and also, the other thing to remember tonight, like Connacht lost by two points. 
the difference in the game was that very strange try <laughs> that the out half the, the Glasgow out half scored where he, he looked as though he lost control of the ball and then caught it again and so the tackle wasn't completed and he just sauntered under the post which looked like a knock on but it definitely wasn't yeah, well, that's one of the, you, the, the that's the that's the the rough of the smooth. I mean, mostly they would have scored the try except Tiernan O'Halloran go back and made the tackle. Um, but Ulster will be a different. I think I think Glasgow are a harder side mentally than Ulster. I think they're also a bigger side. Um, yeah, the Connacht pack were giving away thirty kilos this week. Yeah, I don't think we're giving away thirty kilos in that game. They should be strong uh, in the front row, and it's a fascinating game. I mean. It could be Andy Friend's last ever Connacht game, mm-hmm. but they need to be thinking, yeah, let's win this. Let's get to a semi-final now. It would appear that you don't inherit the second team uh, option of being at home in the semi-final. So if we win that quarter-final in Belfast, they're going to still have to go away, more than likely to South Africa. Well, it is South Africa. Because it's the Stormers against the Bulls and that's the team we, we're going to play the winners of that match. Um, According to Roy O'Connor on okay, Twitter. So, so Leinster, playing Glas- Leinster play Glasgow or Munster then? Because I'm assuming that Leinster are going to win against uh, the, the Sharks. Correct. Okay, well, there you go. Um, that seems a bit odd to me that when you displace a seeded side that you don't gain the benefits of that but again, maybe that's something that's been brought in. It is. It's a, they changed the rules for this season. Again, thanks to Rory O'Connor on, on Twitter, who's who's just posted that to say that. Um, in a change to last season's rules, the teams with the highest seeding in each semi-final will have home and venue rights. Okay, well, there you go. So it's, 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 it, it will be a trip to South Africa, but you have to win in Belfast first. They'll take that. Connacht won't care. The only thing is, it's a tight one because it's the following weekend which pushes me back to thinking all of the games will be on Saturday, May the 6th. You heard it here first, folks. Lindley, I'd love to get to South Africa. I know we'd have to win in Belfast first, but I'm not sure I'd be able to afford a trip to South Africa at such short notice. But if we were to get a, a, a victory, which is always possible, it'd be a hell of an ass to go to South Africa and win. I think it's, I think it's a bonus to be perfectly honest, to be able to go to South Africa and play and take this young, enthusiastic p- team full of potential down there to give them that, you know, opportunity. I mean, I'm just, I, I was just glancing at, at the stats that you have always provided for these matches. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at, you know, some of the players. I mean, it's a really good mix of of local players and young players. And we know when you look at, say, from Turner Holler and, you know, a Clifton boy who's who's been there and done that for so many years and is, and is actually producing amazingly, you know, mm-hmm. at, at the moment, from, you know, then Cahill Ford, another young Gorwegian, you know, Jack Carty, local, Caelan Blade, local, Dennis Buckley, local, Dylan Turney Martin, local. You know, I mean, it is it is very much a nice mix, I think, mm-hmm. of young local talent and also, you know, that those experience and and look at this moment we say Finley Balaam is local as well because, you know, he's always been he's always been here and you know well, he came through the academy, that's the way I look at it. absolutely. So I'm you know, there's there's quite a lot of youth in this team, which I think, you know, really augurs well for the future. And it is something that obviously, you know, has been a very possibly been forced on Andy Friend's hand. Um, but at the same time, 
with the development, huge development behind the scenes in the academy, it's actually, you know, really paying fruit. I mean, I know, obviously, it's a difference for clubs now because they're not having those young players, you know, being produced in clubs. Instead, they're going to academies, which is an issue for for club rugby. But at the same time, (coughs) if you're producing players for top-class rugby, that's that it's just that's the way it has to work you know yeah, yeah. so i mean i think when you look at that team just look at that team today and there is a really nice balance and a nice blend of local players international players in fact we don't actually have many international players if you actually look at the, the number of caps i think we've got something like about is it less than 50 yep and only one two three four players yep who had who had a cap Caelan Ka- blade with only one so if you look at that team on paper Mm. You know, it's it's doing incredibly well, and I think that's something that there's there's just a new kind of appetite I think within this team, and there's you can actually f- feel it from the beginning of the season that there was there was something brewing in the side that they really very well gelled. They're sort of really they obviously you, you see them having fun and good mm. times together, and I think it's a really it's it's just this lovely little bubble that really wants to sort of just burst out you know, in the future. And I think that's, you know, it's a really good, a really good place to be in at the moment. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. Okay, it's been a long, long day because myself and William were commentating on the Corinthians game earlier on today um, and took a, you know, to various reasons, got, took a took our time getting out here this evening and it's quite late now at this stage and I think we'll we'll wrap up the podcast. So next week we won't have a, a midweek podcast, but we will have a special podcast with a very special guest, which I think our patrons will be very pleased to hear. Um, a lot of great insight in that podcast, but we'll we'll keep you hanging on that one. You'll need to sign up to patreon.com slash craggyrugby to hear it. We'll put it out on social media to let you know who it is and when it's coming out. Um, but we'll be back again in a couple of weeks' time with the midweek podcast prior to the trip to Belfast, and we're really looking forward to Connacht breaking that hoodoo of not winning a quarterfinal in Belfast. That'll be great. Thanks, folks. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Sad and confused. Don't wait until.